Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, at the time of recording, I am currently three days out from the Two Bros British Finals. So this past weekend, I was competing in the um, PCA Southwest, as some of you may know um, from last week's podcast or Instagram. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, it wasn't my day. Um, that day, I ended up coming fourth. Hey, and that's okay. Um, that is bodybuilding after all. You could show up um, one week and things could go your way. Um, you could show up the next week and uh, they don't. And, you know, you just have to you have to take it on the chin um, and then you have to move on. You know, for myself, having a show sort of seven days after and then another show six days after that, um, no, no time to... To get frustrated, get annoyed. Um, you know, I always say when it comes to when it comes to placings and whatnot, you have no control over who shows up on what the judges want and anything else in between that we've spoke of um, on previous podcasts, like you know, bodybuilding politics or whatnot. Um, so for that um, and that reason, I kind of just accepted it and thought, right, what what can I do to be a little bit better for the finals? Um, and that involved hitting a new low as of the Wednesday, which was the day before the carb up. So from the regional, um, the first regional where I wasn't lean enough, admittedly, uh, I was 105.5 as a low. And then I think I hit 102.8 on um, on Friday there. So sorry, on Wednesday. So almost three kilos off and visibly a lot tighter um, than I was. So I know this is the best I've ever looked. Um, and ultimately, that's all you can control. I feel like the this past Sunday was the best I've ever looked and I'm going to go into this Sunday again a little bit sharper than that um, and that's what bodybuilding is all about presenting the best that you that you can be and um, the rest isn't isn't up to you so um, today's podcast topic of um, I'm actually going to discuss um, because because it'll be coming up for me is sort of training uh, post kind of diet phase post shoot post show however you want to call it or post extremity dieting um, mostly because it's a topic that is probably largely um, not argued over, but there's, there's many different opinions out there. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to give you my two cents. Um, take from it what you like. And uh, if you are coming to the end of a dieting phase, hopefully you can implement some of these. Hopefully it might shed some light on the reasons why we'd suggest doing stuff and why maybe perhaps not to do other things. Um, but for those of you who, who haven't dieted before, um, you know, in the later stages of extremity dying, it's no secret that you know we can kind of lose our love for training. It's mainly due to the fact that you know, if you're like me and you listen to this podcast, you probably like love getting stronger. You probably value that. And as you're nearing the end of a prep, unless you're you're assisted, um, such as myself, um, your strength's probably nowhere near as high as it was during your your off season slash gaining phase. And that being said. Even being assisted, my push movements will tend to drop that a little bit more. And some of the enjoyment that we kind of get from training is that ability to get stronger. So when you're in the gym and you physically can't get stronger because of constant low energy levels and fatigue and, and low food, the enjoyment factor can kind of go down. And this is why some people generally like they, they do a show, a show or a shoot and then they just stop. They just don't go back to training because they hate it. And then before you know it, they're... You know, it's four weeks later, they've had a ton of body fat and then they get back into it. So um, on the flip side of that, you may continue training um, because obviously it's in your routine. Um, if this is the first time you've done it once, now if it is the first time you've done it once, you've completed that and the minute you eat a bit more, you will instantaneously feel better. Your training performance will skyrocket, enjoyment factor increases because the weight that you had on 
you know, two weeks before peak week, um, you put it on and you, you just fly, it flies. You know, you do way more reps or it feels easy. You put a tiny little bit more load on. Uh, you kind of feel like you're getting back to your groove. Maybe not back to yourself straight away, but after two or three weeks. Uh, and of course, this is a good thing. You know, you must, but what I want to kind of talk about today is you must be aware of the fragile state that the, the body's in. Um, and ultimately, you know, when you make a decision on when you should kind of go 100% again. So I guess that's the aim of of today's podcast, shall we say. So if you have been in a deficit um, or dieting for, say, 16, 20, 20 weeks, if not a little bit longer, um, it's no doubt that your body fat levels are extremely low. And that body fat that you once had um, used to, you know, help protect your joints, ligaments, tendons, you know, the connective tissue. Um, that's now gone. And uh, that, of course, is what you're aiming to do to create the desired look. But that cushion that it was provided, that protection, necessarily isn't there. You know, it, body fat itself is going to create a cushioning uh, for connective tissue as we are moving some heavy weights. It's going to aid in supporting our joints, dispersing the load that's going through the joint, and as I said, cushioning impact of the weight that we are lifting, the forces that are going through those joints. So what this kind of means is that without this sort of cushion, shall we say, just for, for layman's terms, you can imagine how fragile the, the body is. How many people have spoken about having a constant niggle to, towards the end of prep? Something's always hurting, um, right? If you, if you know anyone that's prepped before, they're probably always saying that. Now, what, what do you need to do? Well, you kind of need that body fat back, don't you, to, to regain the cushion support. So that should be one of your, your primary focuses, is to regain body fat after these sort of lengthy dieting phases. Um, it will not only allow us to to kind of get back to, to some heavy training again, doing the stuff we love and be able to progress, um, but ju- it's just, it's essential, like regaining body fat is essential for survival. You take some uh, some females that will kind of experience amenorrhea when they're when they're dieting, and that's the loss of the menstrual cycle. You know, one of the main focuses to get that back is to to add body fat for hormone balance to, to regulate itself. You know, so it's a requirement um, to have that little bit of body fat. You know, if you were people say, Yvonne, what if you just continue dieting, continue dieting to, to try to get leaner? You'd eventually die. You know, there's a there's a number, there's a level of body fat that your body needs to survive, and eventually your body would just say nah. And personally, I think it wouldn't let you get, you get to that point before you would break um, and just end up eating the house down. Um, just because the body's the master of survival, it wants to live. Um, simple as that. So, one thing that you may have um, sort of, I guess, heard as well at the same time as the body being this fragile state is a huge buildup of neural fatigue. And a lot of people kind of they hear that and they go, right, well, what the fuck does that mean? So, if we think about the nervous system, right, we have. Signals running from our brain, down the spinal cord, through a nerve, uh, to a muscle, right? And the, that, that that nerve innervates the muscle and it helps it contract. So when we talk about neural fatigue, we're referring to the signals that are like going to these muscles. And when we experience this neural fatigue, these signals, they're not going to fire quite as quick or as strong as they usually do. Now, ultimately, that's going to affect performance, exercise, and ultimately muscle function your ability to produce force um, and the speed at which you can do so so what does that result in it results in a loss of performance um, 
rock bottom energy levels and usually a flat looking physique. Um, so when, I mean, on the flip side of that, when neural fatigue is low, you have a greater ability to contract muscle, higher levels of strength, and the physique's looking fuller. So towards the end of dieting phase, we've got two scenarios here when we're thinking about the state of the body. Number one, not a lot of cushion to support the joints. Number two, high neural fatigue. So when you kind of put these factors together, you could see why that if you went in all guns blazing um, with your training, try to put PBs on and whatnot, it might not be the wisest idea. Um, in fact, it might be it's maybe the quickest way to injure yourself um, or to drive your levels of fatigue even higher, meaning that when you do take some time off, which you will need, whether you take it off straight away or you take off later, um, you may have to take off longer. So maybe let's say you've finished your show or shoot or whatnot, you went straight back into training and you start battering it. Well, you're going to need a deload and rather than the deload be sort of four or five days, it's maybe going to need to be seven, eight, nine, ten days before you start feeling good. So you're probably thinking, okay, Vaughn, right, you've told me low level body fat, high neural fatigue, so am I just going to just fucking sack it off then? Is that what you want me to do? Well, no, that's not what I'm, I'm suggesting you do. Um, I'm going to just discuss on kind of where I begin. And if you're listening to this, as I've said, you you probably like training like me and like, you know, the, the team, Clara and Ali. Um, you like training to failure. You like giving it the fucking beans on every set that you do. You like getting a PB on whether that's the total amount of weight on the bar, the total reps at the same weight or improve form and execution at the same weight and the same reps. Um, at the end of prep, you're getting frustrated, you know, because it's stalling, right? Um, and you maybe feel a little bit stuck. So more food goes in, energy level's good, strength's going to increase. Um, and you're probably thinking, well, why, why does it increase straight away? Well, you know, f- food in general helps fuel muscle contraction right not only that your recovery will be massively improved stress will be a lot lower as well people forget that the body's in high neural fatigue high stress levels as well stress one of the main sort of stress response hormones is cortisol what lowers cortisol levels more food right so if we put more food in we feel less fatigue Uh, we're also going to experience less neural fatigue with a bit more food as well so with that with that being said when you're training you feel like a new person um, numbers start flying, weights that you shifted before become easy, as I've said. So in that scenario, when you've continued to train and you just feel so good, so good, so good, uh, you can easily think, just fuck it. You know, let's shove an extra 20 kilos on either side of the hack squat and try and get a new PB. Um, let me start by advising, like, that's probably the worst thing to do um, if you're trying to optimise your recovery post-show, post-shoot. Um Instead, you know, what I'd suggest you do um, is add a smaller amount of weight, in fact, and focus more on kind of progression um, or, or an execution. Um, the usual failure point you would go to in your off-season, your body is just, it's not ready for that yet. You know, your, your central nervous system can't handle it. Your joints can't handle it. So you must respect that. Otherwise, you're, you know, you're quickly going to dig yourself a hole. In an off-season, you know, where you're at the bottom of the hack squat, you're screaming and your training partner is helping drive you out of the hole. That's not what we're we're going to do. Instead, we're going to shy away from that for a little bit. I can't believe I'm going to say it, but we're actually going to hold off the failure by one or two reps. Notice how I didn't call it reps in reserve. I said we're going to hold off, right? Because we're we're intentionally making sure we're not listening to that levels of fatigue for a very short period. We're not going to follow that training method for a long time. So if we stop shy 
less you know fatigue less stress in the body what it's going to allow the body to do is you know have an adaptive response from the weight you're doing but not not cause so much fatigue that you're just going to end up feeling fucked and putting the body in kind of like a, a compromised state so instead what i would focus on right is you've you're thinking right i'm feeling good i'd say for the first two weeks post show i i kind of urge all my clients to relearn some of the movements now i'm not meaning that they've necessarily forgotten the movements that they were once doing it's just placing emphasis on tidying up some movements that we know form has got pretty sloppy on um during prep or whilst we've been chasing execution and we're maybe not getting as much muscle contraction as possible so I, th- I think that this is the really perfect window to do so and it's going to ensure you set yourself up really, really nicely for an off-season or gaining phase, whatever you want to call it. So here's the link. If you connect more with the muscle that you're trying to target, you're going to break down more muscle fibre, thus eliciting more muscle damage. You, If you do that, then you, then you keep that form standardised throughout your gaining phase. As you progress, you'll add more muscle mass. So you go in with your new program, perhaps your coach has made this up for you um, to help you bring up some weaker areas and lagging body parts. So it's a little bit new, there's a couple of moves in there you're unsure of, but there's some some your favourites as well. I suggest that you critique your form on every single lift. Use your phone, obsess over the execution, obsess over tempo and the general feel of the move. You know, if you're not feeling it in the right place, you're not getting as, as much out of the movement as you can, drop the load. Remember, get the muscle strong, not the movement. So I feel that the video analysis is hugely beneficial for spotting just little things that maybe we maybe perhaps wouldn't our, like ourselves notice whilst we're in the move. But ultimately from videoing it could, you know, and seeing can make a huge difference in regards to where muscular tension has been placed. And, and this could be something as like your elbow positioning, the direction of pull. Imagine you're doing isolateral row, or a chest supported T-bar, and we want to drive our elbows out and wide. When you video yourself, and then you see your elbows are going down and in. Well, are we targeting the right area we're trying to target? We're not necessarily doing the lift quote unquote wrong, but we're trying to do it in a certain way to target a certain area. Imagine if you don't focus on anything I just said, and then you spend months with form slightly off, tension being biased to the wrong part of the muscle that we want, not getting the most out of the movement. What's going to happen? You're probably thinking, well, yeah, like I'm not going to grow as much as I want in that area. And if you're passionate about bodybuilding like I am, um, and you want to like just bring up your physique, you'll know how important it is having a balanced look. Like for years, and I still stand by this phrase, and I'm just a bit stubborn. And I shouldn't, I will say, I'll never be beat from the legs. But that attitude, what it did for me was it gave me a great set of pins, but it gave me a, quite a weak upper body because I had a huge attachment for training legs twice a week that it took Cal, my coach, a bit of convincing to pull that down. Um, and my intensity on upper body, and especially arms, was poor because I didn't care about it, right? But the minute I then started valuing like the balance, um, I thought, shit, I was kicking myself. So this is where... We're going to hammer execution in those areas to make sure that we're, we're hitting the intended target muscle group with as much efficiency as we can. So I kind of hope that description gives you a better idea of what relearning movement patterns is. Um, 
because I understand when I first say it, you're probably thinking, oh, what the fuck do you mean? I know how to do like a chest support T-bar or whatever. So first three weeks post-show, let's relearn those movements. And once you've nailed this, then we can start to add a little bit more load. You know, what you'll find is that because you've been patient, vetting, you know, you're using more of the, 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 the muscle, very quickly, you'd be back up at the weight your previous top set was. But not only that, you'll be feeling it way more in the in the area that you want and you're going to surpass that pretty quick getting more at the movement so scenario by which you will be stronger feel it more in the intended muscle that sounds like a fucking good idea to me doesn't it opposed to like let's i guess we should discuss the opposite scenario right by which you start by going in fucking all guns blazing as much weight as you can and listen the reason i could talk about this is because i've done it i've been that prick um and i've learned from those mistakes and i've gotten injured and had to take time off this is why i speak from experience and saying well don't do some of the stupid stuff that i've done um so anyway back to back to the start you put as much weight as you can on the bar you don't focus on form execution you just fucking move up and down the move very, very quickly becomes about momentum. Um, and if anything else, you feel less and less where you want to. Take, for example, the 45-degree hack squat at Pure Gym. One of the heaviest fucking knee breakers of the world. What I used to do was much lower as I could on the bar and used to bounce out the bottom. And I remember doing it uh, when I was post-diet 20... God, 2018, 2019. And my knees were so sore. So sore for the whole time I used that hack squat. And it was only when I started slowing it down, dropping the load... Um, adding a bit of body fat did they get a le- little bit lesser but in fact actually even I regained body fat because my form was so awful and the soreness persisted for months and it was really after when I kind of put my ego in check and said nah I need to drop the load and focus on form execution you know three second down on the way three second eccentric on the way down did my knees get a little bit better and ultimately got way better when I stopped fucking using that hack squat at pure gym um, or any sort of commercial gym they're usually matrix and they're fucking terrible um Whereas other brands such as Cybex, Atlantis, Watson, um, those sort of hacks are probably the most forgiving on the knee because the angle, but also just how they're designed as well. Um, but anyway, that was me going off on a, a massive tangent. Um, but as I said, the opposite scenario is maybe perhaps you've chucked as much weight in the bar as you can um, and then before you know it, you're going to be sort of and if you kind of feel it less and less and you're maybe, you know, it's starting to look a little bit sloppy after a few weeks, you know, where's it going to be? 10 weeks post-show, 15 weeks post-show, like that move itself is probably going to start looking like something completely different. Um, and it'll be really inefficient at stimulating the muscle you're trying to target. So you've got a scenario there by which, you know, of how you want to approach training post, post-diet. Um, whichever one you choose is up to you. Uh, what I will say is that you are going to need some time off you know I, I fully understand the continual want and desire to train post or post shoot I still do I do not deload straight away because usually post or shoot I have like a break uh, away with my partner my wife about two or three weeks after the show um, hotel a couple of nights somewhere for us to chill out and that's when you usually take the deload. So I usually keep training. Um, but for yourself, you know, it's maybe all your life has been, all you've known for the past 16, 20 weeks, probably longer. You know, it's given you such structure, routine that you've thrived on. You've maybe become the most efficient as 
you know, around in your work, around the house, you, know, you just get shit done, you're productive on prep. Um, but what you need to understand is that training obviously has been fantastic, but because of what I described earlier on the podcast, you need to understand that you're going to need to allow the body some time to recover. Um, and, you know, that's going to come from some time away from training and some, some period, like a period of time where there's, there's not a whole lot of stress on the body. And this could be itself a strategic deload by which you take a full sort of five, seven days off with minimal activity, um, a large amount of focus on food, food uh, rest and recovery, minimal steps, eight, nine, ten hours of sleep a night, etc., etc. you know, massages, Epsom salt baths, etc. you know, and whatnot. Um, or it could be a couple weeks of D-volume sessions, by which your training intensity is less um, alongside the weight you are moving. Personally... I found those I, f- I find those sessions rather tedious and boring because I like getting after it in the gym. Therefore, I'll, I'll always opt for the the sort of the former where we take a, a solid five seven days off completely from training. Uh, we we try and switch off from bodybuilding in that time period. You know, I'd probably run food a bit higher in the deload, more food offset stress. Remember, um, and that time off along with that increase in food, it's going to allow that body to get rid of some of the fatigue it's experiencing. The stress that was on there, uh, you no doubt get you feeling fresher. Um, and see, what, by the way, see when you do come back to training, you're going to feel like Superman or Superwoman. You're just, you're just going to feel unbelievable. It's also going to allow those sort of niggles that you had, those aches that you're experiencing towards the end of prep to recover. Your know, muscles can recover quick, but tendons, ligaments, joints, and tissue, they just take a little bit more time. Might allow you some time to get some treatment on that, some massage, and also some little bit of time to put on body fat and get the get the cushion back um, uh, so, so just being aware that time off in general um, is essential whether you do it straight after the show like you take the full five seven days off after the show or a couple weeks after it but you know trust me when i say your body will need it um if if you're going to go hard from the get-go without a break you're you're only going to increase the likelihood of being injured or compromising you know fatigue um, and needing a bit more time off than just the, the five seven days and if I think back to my sort of post post show rebounds, um, I've kind of half I've I've done some hammering before, and what I found was I was just I was still fucked like for the good sort of four weeks post show shoot like I was napping all the time, going to bed early, anytime I'd lie on the couch, I'd just fall asleep. Whereas times where I've taken it a bit easier, energy levels been easier, uh, been better, not been napping quite as much, sleep's been better. Cover has been good, energy is good, personality comes back quicker. That's something you need to be aware of as well. I guess that's a whole different podcast we could speak about is when you prep, your personality goes super quick, but the minute you put a bit more food in the tank, um, you get a bit more carbs in the system, it's it's amazing how quickly that personality comes back. Like Even today, like carb loading, um, I kind of feel a little bit better after every time I eat. I've got the energy to talk. Um, sometimes, you know, my wife she's so supportive. Sometimes we'll be out on a walk in the morning. Now she's off. She's been off this week. Usually she's away, working. But you know, I usually go for a walk on my own. And, and that walk, I'm saying the majority of the day I spend not speaking to anyone. You know, because I, I'm an online coach. I'm a trainer myself. Uh, apart from one day, and uh, she was just talking, talking, talking. And a lot of my responses was like, yeah, uh huh, yep. And it wasn't me being rude. It was like I just didn't have the energy to put in because I usually wouldn't do that. Um, it's when you when you like are finished dieting and you look back and you go, "Holy shit! Wow, that zapped me." Um, you don't realize how much of like an empty shell you become. That's the one thing she always says. 
she says, Vaughn, you're there, but you're not here. And it's like, wow, that really resonates with me. So I think that, you know, she uh, she's a... Uh, for those of you who don't know, she's now in trimester three. The wee man is about 81 days from, from arriving. And um, I could see her struggling now. Um, not just, like, not struggling. You know, I'm doing everything around the house. But, you know, she needs me back. She needs her husband back. So I've got nine days left. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of ready for the dieting to be done for her. But mentally, I could I could probably keep going for another sort of four, five, six weeks if I really wanted to. But but I don't. For her sake, I'll probably never, never diet again. When she's pregnant or I'll get it wrapped up in trimester one, that's for sure. But hey, listen, I'm kind of going off on one here. Um, I guess to summarise, come back to the name of the podcast is that, you know, training post-show, you know, it's got to be approached smartly. And your body will still have uh, you know, a big build-up of fatigue, stress, neuro, like neural fatigue as well. And not much body fat or sort of joints to cushion the impact from that weight training um, and support connective tissue and I think a better approach would be to relearn some movement patterns obsess and focus on execution tempo um, before you then start significantly progressing the load I think if you do that you'll avoid injury you'll avoid need more time off and you set yourself up for a productive off season so listen guys I hope you enjoyed today's episode and just remember that wherever you are whatever you do give it the beans